How much Everybody. money do I owe you exactly? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully a lot someday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just keep Hi, right everybody. Check. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shop Talk podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Sulame. And sitting across the Zoom, Mr. John Palmieri. <laughs> Just like that. Well, we're going to do this episode. I wouldn't say a little differently. Every now and again, you and I jump on and we have a conversation that we feel like has been either stewing or something that's been relating to us directly, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, inside of our group of salons. And if you listen to us weekly or periodically or twice a week, uh, as we post twice a week, you probably recognize or hopefully you recognize that John and I both interact on our day-to-day lives with people exactly like you, whether you're a salon owner, whether you're a salon manager, whether you're a salon stylist, whether you're brand new or killing the game right now behind the chair, pretty much we hang out with all levels all of the time. And so our fingers are on the pulse of a lot of different things. And what we try to do is bring conversations with relevant people, with relevant topics, so that each and every episode you can feel served in some way, shape, or form inside directly of the way you work inside of your life, and perhaps, hopefully, that you can walk away earning more behind the chair or at least feeling better behind the chair or maybe even knowing what your next step is inside your career. And so when we were discussing hey, what do we want to talk about? What's been on our minds? John had, you know, just had a really relevant conversation to something that I think we hear a lot of with stylists. And so we thought what we would do is bring you parts and pieces of that conversation, a little, some some context on it, as well as maybe some anecdotal advice from two old guys who have been around the industry for a while. And so, um, John, why don't you just set us up with, let's just jump into it. Yeah. Uh, tell us about this conversation you have with a stylist and, and the thoughts that it brought up inside of you. Well, I think the interesting thing about this conversation, which we'll, we'll share in a minute, it, it's a conversation we have often, you know, and I think when you have a conversation that happens often, there's, some, there's more to dig, right? There's more to talk about. There's more to kind of unpack. So, you know, I'm going to use this conversation as an opportunity to talk about a bigger, a bigger idea. Uh, the conversation started off because one of our stylists, a couple of people, contemporaries had leveled up and she had not, right? So that's how it started. And it was like, you know, I feel bad. It's like, you know, I see some of my peers leveling up and it makes me feel bad because I feel like I'm falling behind or I'm not as good or they're better than me. And, you know, all that self-doubt that kind of creeps in. Right. And I think it happens to all of us at one point or another. And it, it, of course, it turned into a longer conversation, which we'll share today. But I think in that longer conversation are, are some things we, you know, we kind of forget about things we, we kind of know in the back of our mind, but we forget about. And I think the other thing is life gets in the way, right? The day to day grind of what we do and how we do it and the people we interact with. And, you know, it just turns into this thing where sometimes I think we beat ourselves up and we don't we don't need to right? There's a process that we can engage in to, you know, to grow ourselves and move forward. 
So I think that this was kind of like a blessing in disguise. Um, one, because I was, you know, honored to be able to help coach this person. But secondly, I think it was a gift to say, hey, look, you know, this is something we hear often. And let's talk about this because I think it's important for lots of stylists. So if you're feeling like, you know, um, I'm not moving as quick as I'd like to, if you're beating yourself up a little bit because, you know, things aren't going as fast as you thought they were going to go, maybe you've been doing this for 10, 15 years and, you know, maybe you're getting a little stagnant and you're, you're not, you know, reaching those goals that you thought you were eventually going to get to. I think this is, this is the conversation for you because those are things we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So uh, why don't you set us up? Tell us yeah. what happened. So I was having this conversation and the person was like, you know, I feel bad. You know, these two people have loved, two, three people have leveled up and I haven't. And I kind of feel like, you know, um, I, I kind of feel like I'm failing. And I was looking, looked at her, you know, honestly and said, you're so not failing. And it's even funny, you know, you're doing so well. Have you moved as quickly as others? No, you haven't. But there are others who are behind you, right? That aren't moving as quickly as you are. And I think one of the things we do as stylists um, or people in general, is we love to compare ourselves to other people, right? We use other people as benchmarks for how we're doing. Like, uh, they're doing really good, I should be doing at least that good. Well, they're doing really well, I should be doing better than they are because I'm smarter than I than they are, I'm prettier than, uh, than they are. I'm actually a better hairdresser than, than they are, right? And we start to beat ourselves up. And, and I think that's such a bad thought process for us mentally, right? It doesn't do us any good. So the first part of our conversation was, heck, stop comparing yourself to other people. Um, you had said something really interesting to me this morning when we kind of had a pre-talk and you said, you know, one of the things we often hear is wherever you are, that's where you're supposed to be. And I think we both recognize, well, yeah, there's some truth to that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be here. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be someplace else. Yeah. And what we were talking about was I was saying, you know, it's the first advice you would give your yeah. best friend if they started to tell you that I don't feel like I'm doing as good as I should or how come all these things are happening to me. And you could really easily say to your best friend, hey, best friend, right. you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. But when somebody says that to you right. or maybe inside of your mind, you're saying things like, yeah, that's true for you, but I right. should be further along. Right. And so there's always this grass is greener mm -hmm. thing yeah. that we all deal with at all levels of our career. And, you know, recently we had a conversation with Ryan Whedon mm -hmm. and he asked us, I think, or maybe we asked him, it was one way or the other, do you feel successful? And all three of us were like, no. Yeah. You know, and so it's easy even for us to say to somebody, hey, you should be patient or you should be grateful for where you're at. And, you know, we're going to talk about setting a plan, mm -hmm. but it's hard to take that advice sometime. Yeah, real hard. The second piece was that this stylist had also been doing this for a while, right? Um, she had taken some time off in her career. And, you know, of course, during that time off, you're, you're not getting to be as active behind the chair, growing a clientele, building those relationships. And, you know, one of the par parts of the conversation was, well, I felt, feel like I wasted this time. You know, I wasted this amount of time between where I was and I took that break and now I'm back here again. And, and that was a waste of time and, and I feel bad about it. And there's two parts to that. One is, 
well, here's the good news. You're not there anymore. You're not where you were five years ago, right? You're here now. And that's a good thing. Um, the second thing is, and I think this is the second part of this conversation that I want to talk about, is you got to give yourself a little forgiveness. You know, I think one of the things, you know, part one of this conversation is stop comparing yourself to the Joneses, right? We each have our own individual journey, our own individual path. Um, the second part is whatever has happened in the past. You didn't grow as fast as you wanted. Maybe you took time off to have kids. Maybe, I don't know, you decided to, you know, join a Buddhist monk, you know, for a while, you know, that's all good. But you can't beat yourself up about those choices. They're, they're gone. You know, they're done. I mean, there was a lesson to be learned there. That was important. But I think the second thing we need to all do is give ourselves a little bit of grace and acknowledge the fact that whatever happened, happened. Let's move on. Give yourself some forgiveness because it's that, it's that wallowing in the past. You know, not only are other people passing me, but I messed up too. Yeah. I'm never going to get anywhere. Oh man, yeah. you're just sabotaging yourself like it's no... Like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, politely, you got to stop that. Yeah. It's really close to home that you bring that up for mm -hmm. me because my brother and I mm -hmm. uh, had a really good thing going in Tampa. Uh, we were, we were a growing set of salons. Mm -hmm. You know, we had close to 40 employees. We were really killing it at, mm -hmm. at one point. And he had some things happen in his life um, that had him relocate to another state. And, you know, eventually I had some things happen where our salon was great, but I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I sold my building and business. And, and in looking back, there were a few years where I questioned that decision and he questioned his decisions and I'm, I don't think I'm telling too much. Mm -hmm. um, and we, and some, and there was a period of time where we would both kind of reflect on mm -hmm. that sure. and in a not so positive way, <laughs> we'd be like, wait a minute, we owned that town at that time. Right. And what did we, why did we sell those two beautiful pieces of real estate that we had? And why mm -hmm. did we, and the reality is, is, at some point, I think we both woke up to the fact that this is what it is. This is mm -hmm. this is it. And it puts you where you're at now. And I think the next place we could go is to it puts you in a place to make new choices. Right. And, you know, if you don't take the first few steps around mm -hmm. maybe identifying, OK, this is where this is where I'm at. This is what happened in the way that it's just contextual. Mm -hmm. This is life. This is right. this. These are where the choices that I made have now placed me. Mm -hmm. You probably learned some things from those choices, hopefully. Right. And if you did, it puts you in a place where you can make new decisions. And so you can either harp on those things or not. And so let's, John, go back to the first few parts of the conversation. And, yeah. and let's talk a little bit more about, you know, a stylist. And it really doesn't matter what level you're at. And it really doesn't matter how long you've been behind the chair. I think all of us have that some type of, I don't want to call it a yearning, but mm -hmm. a question in our mind about, am I doing as much as I should be doing? And then the temptation mm -hmm. is to set a really lofty goal 
that mm-hmm. you can't hit in a timeline that you're trying to hit. And so I know that in this conversation, you, the stylist had some goals that they wanted to hit and it felt like the timeline they were giving you was unrealistic. Well, that's you want to the, talk you know, a little about that. Yeah. That's the third part of that conversation. You know, I asked about goals, you know, what goals do you have? And, you know, one of the goals is, well, I, you know, I want to hit a hundred thousand dollars. Great goal. You know, how long do you, is it going to take you to do that? And I think that's important. I think that's one of the things we forget to do is set timelines to our goals. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, here's what I, you know, thought or what I knew is, well, how are you doing with that goal? Oh, I'm not doing so good. I'm not, you know, I'm not even halfway there yet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, how do you feel? Well, I'm frustrated. And so here's, here's the soup, right? The soup is I'm comparing myself to others. I'm not doing as well as I think they're doing. I feel bad. Uh, things have happened in my life, have made choices, whatever they are. I haven't given myself any grace for those. And then I set these goals that themselves are unrealistic, but I've set these goals with no idea of a time frame or a, you know a, a, an action step to get there. I don't reach those goals, or it seems like it takes forever to get there, and I'm frustrated still. So we're basically setting ourselves up to be unhappy, grumpy, and frustrated. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we talked about, well, let's talk about those goals for a minute. You know, what would it look like if we set mile markers is what would I like to call them yeah. or, or, or goalposts. And here's what I mean by that. And we'll talk deeper about this, but here's, here's the, the 30,000 foot view. If your goal is to get from zero to a hundred thousand dollars, can you do that? The answer is yes, you can. I know you can. We see people do it all day long, Yeah. but if you don't have a plan, right? I'm just going to work hard. Yeah. Right. You're not going to know if you're doing well. You're not going to do if you're not doing well. You're not going to know if you're on schedule. You're not going to know if you're not on schedule. And what do we do? We automatically look to somebody else to see what they're doing and make that comparison. Right. And so my, my conversation to this um, stylist was, well, look, what if, you know, what would be a time frame? Five years. Okay. So you want to hit a hundred thousand dollars in five years. Great. Here's what I would suggest. What if you set up mile markers. What are those, John? What if at the end of one year, you're $20,000 in sales? At the end of two years, 40. At the end of three years, 60. At the end of four years, 80. And you get the rest five years, you're at $100,000. So here's what all you have to do this year is you just have to hit $20,000 by the end of this year. That's, that's it. Don't worry about the 100. Just get to 20. When you get the 20, then we'll work to get the 40. When you get the 40, then we'll work to 60. What does that do? First of all, it gives you a, a manageable goal. I, I have to get from zero to $20,000 by the end of the year. Yeah, I can do that in six months. Of course you can. Right. Let's do it. Right. right. Let's go for it. Let's plan. Don't plan for the 100,000. Plan for the 20. Yeah. Right. When you hit 20, then you plan for the 40. Yeah, I love and, that. And what happens, what starts to happen is, and I'm really glad you just said that, like Mm -hmm. I could do it in six months because I don't want you sitting there judging the timelines that we're, that Mm -hmm. we're sharing right now. The, the point that John's making is have a timeline Mm -hmm. because the reality is, is things do take time. We don't always like that they do. Right. But if you start towards that thing, like you said, with that stylist, if you start towards that thing and you set a goal that you know you can do in a timeline, you, you're probably going to be more apt to take really good actions mm-hmm. 
to get to that first level. And that's probably going to happen sooner than later if you really if you really start to work on it. Right. And then, of course, the very habits you create to get from zero to 20, are, now you've practiced them. They right? build on each other. Right. So now you've maybe you've done it in six months instead of a year. Now, those very habits you've done in the last six months that got you to 20 are going to be the same habits you're going to do that you're going to do better at to get you to 40. What happens now is instead of comparing yourself to somebody else and what they're doing, you're comparing yourself to your timeline, to your goals, what you want to achieve. And I'll bet you money that if you can clearly set a long-term goal for yourself, break it down into bite-sized pieces with a timeline, Yeah, you'll pass those people. Yeah, Because you're doing it with purposefulness. You're doing it with an end goal in mind. And I know that you'll move quicker because your intention isn't to get to the 100, although that's the long-term goal. Your intention is just to get to the next level. Yeah. You know, we were um, both recently on a podcast or it was, it was actually, it was a streaming uh, Facebook live two separately mm -hmm. with empowered salon leaders. And in two separate topics, they were doing book studies on mm -hmm. some John Maxwell literature. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines that came out of one of the books they were doing a study on in the beginning, you you're goal driven. You mm -hmm. need to achieve, I need to achieve this step on the ladder. I need to achieve. But as you grow, you then become growth driven mm -hmm. and growth driven is a little different than goal driven, but along the way, because mm -hmm. you're always focusing on the growth, you achieve the goals seemingly much easier mm -hmm. because when you're focused on just getting better and you're focused on just getting better at that thing, mm -hmm. you start to get better results. And um, one analogy that I use all of the time that I just find funny is I say, hey, we're going to do some math. I say, you guys ready for some math? And everybody's like, no, we're oh. not ready for math. And I say, okay, here's the math. Here's what the math of goal setting or the math of growth looks like. Mm -hmm. And then I write on the flip chart, good actions plus time or times time, I guess I should say, mm -hmm. equal good results. Bad actions plus time equal bad results. Mm -hmm. And if you continue to, you know, you set that idea of, okay, this is where I want to hit. Okay, great. Now, if we work backwards from the goal a little bit, you know, you want the money and that's, you know, great. You know, congratulations, you want the money. But in getting to that money, and as you said, in practicing those habits that will get you to that, you become a better stylist, mm -hmm. salesperson, coworker, artist, right. right? You become better at these things because the only way that you can start to get towards that goal is to master certain things. So the goal is really just a place that's going to allow you to measure, am I or am I not practicing good habits around this thing? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the, the great part about this is you know, by setting up these goals for yourself, what a great sense of accomplishment that comes along with it, right? So you 
you turn what was I'm comparing myself to others and bringing myself down to I'm making forward progress. I'm reaching my goals that I set for myself, for my life, for my family, not what other people have done. And what a sense of accomplishment that becomes. And of course, that builds energy, right? That that sense of success and doing well gets you out of that mental state of comparing yourself and thinking of yourself as a failure and turns it around into a mindset of success and look how good I'm doing, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's the important part of this journey is those three things that came up. One, I'm comparing myself to the Joneses. Two, I feel like time has gone by and I wasted it. And three, I've set these goals that I'm never going to reach. All of those just, I mean, they just suck the life out of you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Actually, let's go there for a second. I've got a story that just popped in my head um, around negative thoughts and negative beliefs and things like that. And there's a term, and I hope it comes to my my brain because it had an effect on me for a long time. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there teaching about beliefs mm -hmm. and, and because it's such a real thing. And anybody that achieves anything higher than what they thought they had set out to do will look back and they go, oh my God, it was, I had to develop a new set of beliefs. I had to develop a new set of ideas. And the term that I learned from this man that I'm about to tell you about was unhealthy thoughts. And at first I hadn't heard the term before. And so basically true story. I, when I was a salon hairstylist, I had a husband and wife that I did both of their hair. She was an aerobics instructor back when aerobics instructors were the thing. Mm -hmm. um, he was a businessman. They had this perfect relationship and this perfect, and they, they really were a thriving couple. Well, um, one day they came in together and usually they didn't come in together and gave me the news that she had cancer. And it was, oh. it looked as if it was going to be terminal. Mm -hmm. um, and they were going to fight it, but they knew that the chemo that she was about to go on was going to be really aggressive. And the doctors told her, you're going to lose your hair. Mm -hmm. And so we cut her hair short one day. Then the next probably week later, we ended up just shaving her head totally through the journey. I mean, they really, as many hairstylists get to take this journey with people, they really mm -hmm. let me in on what was happening. And it was, it was interesting. And they learned a lot about each other and they really took the journey together and they would one day his name was chuck came in and he shared with me about the things that the counselor the grief counselor was helping them to work through mm -hmm. and one of them was this idea called unhealthy thoughts I said, well, unhealthy thoughts, what's an unhealthy thought? And he said, well, an unhealthy thought is a thought that's not based in truth and it doesn't help you towards the thing that you're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, can you give me an example of that? And he said, you know, um, my wife is bald now and mm -hmm. she's not what she used to be. And her unhealthy thoughts might sound like uh, I'm not pretty and mm -hmm. Chuck doesn't find me attractive anymore, which wasn't true. And mm -hmm. he, you know, and, and he, in fact, it, it, he got more and more and more infatuated with her as her journey went on. I mean, it mm -hmm. was, it was a beautiful thing to watch, but, and I said, well, what, you know, what would be the opposite of that would be a healthy thought, you know, mm -hmm. and the healthy thought would be I'm his soulmate and 
he finds me beautiful in any form that I'm mm-hmm. in. And so they, they really work through these. And we had lots of conversations around this idea about unhealthy and healthy thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring it back to the salon for a second, um, because you brought up a, what, a great word, which I love, which is comparison. Mm-hmm. And ev- all of us know we're comparing each other to yeah. other people leads, you know, and a friend of mine says, when I'm comparing your outsides to my insides, mm-hmm. then, sure. you know, there's a problem there. And you, you don't even have to go so far as to, you know, look at the, the seven deadly sins that mm-hmm. they talk about. And, and, you know, inside a comparison, two of them, you know, envy and jealousy, mm-hmm. but envy it's when I see that you're getting something and I don't want you to have it. Right. (laughs) I might not even want the thing that you have. I just don't want Um, you to have it. Right. I just don't want you to have it. And so, you know, comparing ourselves and and looking at each other, I can use you as inspiration, Mm -hmm. right? John's John jumped, got a promotion faster than I did. And I, and I can have a friendly, you know, we can nudge each other with our elbows and, and I'm going to catch you next time. Right. But when I start to harbor and build a resentment mm-hmm. or, or what looks like that against John, mm-hmm. what all it does is hold me back. Right. And so comparing healthy thoughts and unhealthy thoughts and all of that stuff, I've just found over the years, and I, and I know you have as well, that whenever you see somebody that's doing great, They don't do any of that stuff or they do a lot less of it. All right. Well, I'm in this place, you know, John, Chris, you know, I'm looking at my teammates and I'm like, oh, they're doing better than I am. And I know you're telling me I shouldn't compare myself to them, but I can't help it. They're in the room. You know, you know, I need some help. And the other piece is, you know, and I do have these things in my past, meaning I took too long to get here or I took time off to have kids or I took time off to go live in a Buddhist monastery for a while. And now I feel like I'm behind, right? Well, you know what? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't know, right? I can tell you all day long to stop doing that. And to be honest, you're probably not going to, right? Because those are just words. It's the action step that comes next. Like if you want to stop doing those two things, then you need to take a different action step besides being jealous or stop being envious. And yes, you do need to forgive yourself. So John, Chris, what are the action steps? The action step is you need to create a clear vision for yourself. We talk about vision all the time with salon owners, right? Need to set a vision for your business. What do you want this to be? Blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing for yourself. You know, what does the road look like five years from now for you? What would you like it to look like? Forget about everybody else. Forget about all the things you did in the past. Where do you want to be five years from now? And you're going to sit there and go, well, that's hard. I don't know. You're right. It is. And you're right. You probably don't know. But as long as you live in that place, I promise you, you're not going to move anywhere. And you're still going to stay stuck in this place you're at now. So action step number one, you got to create a clear vision for yourself. What does it look like? You know, do you want to have your own salon? Do you want to do $100,000 a year behind a chair? Heck, do you want to do two? You know, what does it look like? You know, we've had a couple of conversations with folks in our podcast who are doing two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars behind the chair. Yeah. And I remember one of those conversations was, 
well, I'm doing $350,000 behind the chair. And I thought that was great until I knew somebody else was doing a half a million. <laughs> when I figured out that was possible, I wanted to go there, right? That has to be the journey for you to get unstuck is to have a vision of what it looks like on the other side, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. And then you, st- and we'll talk about that in a minute then you can start making forward momentum. You can start making progress. So the very first thing, after you're done listening to this podcast, what I want you to do is I want you to think of a clear vision for you. And I'm going to use the word compelling. And what I mean by compelling is make it fun. Make it something you say, yeah, that is something I don't just like, I want to do $100,000 behind the chair because that's what everybody else is doing. No, what's going to make you want to get up in the morning? What's going to be compelling interesting and saying, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. I think a lot of what holds people back on that is fear. Mm. Um, and lately we've been, you know, behind the scenes, we've got some really cool stuff going on. Sure. And we've been working really for three years to Mm. get to the place where we're at right now, Mm. because in the beginning, our vision, we didn't quite know what was available. We knew that we wanted to do a thing. We knew, you know, that, and I'm talking specifically about one, two, four, go right now, where we knew we wanted to help salon owners and we knew we wanted to help stylists, but we didn't love the current business model that was being used in the salon world. And we didn't yet know what the next one was. So there are times when your vision, you don't, know quite yet and Mm -hmm. so because of that it keeps you from being compelling that's why i love when i get to hear about a stylist like um jill craven Mm -hmm. who you know is doing over a half a million dollars behind her chair or gary harlan Mm -hmm. uh down in fort myers florida or uh, naples florida who's doing 650 grand you know behind his chair a year or daniel james mason who's doing over a million and when you hear about something like that, it rattles your beliefs. Mm-hmm. If you're a stylist, right? This could be, we, we, I could be totally off topic right now for you. You For yours, your vision could be around your personal life. For Your vision could be around wanting a business owner. But, but I'm talking about a salon stylist right now. When I first heard somebody say, I remember being 21 years old and somebody said they did $3,000 in a week. And I had never heard that before. I didn't. I didn't even know that that was a possible vision for me. So I couldn't have that vision yet because I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. So your vision and you know why I love you brought this up is something that you hear people say all the time. And it's not so much a moving target, but mm-hmm. it's something you have to recheck in with sure. on occasionally. And you have to come back to the table. So if you're listening to us and you're like, I've heard everybody else talk about vision before too. Well, when was the last time you checked in with yours? Mm -hmm. And are you secretly not taking action towards it because you're afraid that you don't think you can achieve it? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's the other thing that will cause that regret, regret that you were talking about. Right. And, you know, so, you know, as we move forward, you know, the second thing I talk about when you create a vision is also to create mileposts and, and, and mileposts do a couple of things. One is what you're doing is you're taking the big goal and you're cutting it up into bite-sized pieces. 
But not only is it about reaching those mileposts, those bite-sized pieces, but they're also, you know, as you just kind of alluded to, there are time for you to check in, Yeah. right? First of all, am I making the progress to that first milepost that I want to? If I'm not, why not? You know, where am I stuck? Two, is, do I still really want that? Now that I'm on this journey, right? Now that I've begun this path and I'm working my way to that first milepost, you know, if I'm not moving in a direction that I wanted to, and I'm not getting the success that I wanted to, or it's not filling me up inside, I'm not getting the fulfillment inside that I was hoping to get. Oh, well, maybe that's a check-in because here's the thing. I'd rather know at milepost number one that I'm on the wrong journey than to find out at milepost five or six. And then I've committed myself to something and I've been unhappy for six years. Yeah. And then, you know, and then that gets us back to the regret piece. Yeah. That gets us back to the, I feel like I wasted time piece. Yeah. It gets us back to the piece where you got to give yourself some forgiveness piece. Yeah. Right. Um, that's the second part about mileposts that are really important. It's just not about moving forward to your goal or your vision. It's all about checking in with yourself and on this journey. Am I still going in the right direction? Am I still happy with this? And if it's time to recalibrate, okay, recalibrate. That's okay. Yeah. I recently heard, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to teach a lot of different things. And so, you know, I judge none of it, but I recently heard somebody say like they, they weren't going to use. And another word for mileposts that I use sometimes is benchmarks, right? Like a a place where I might be. And it's a common term. So it's, you know, Mm -hmm. some, and somebody said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of checking in on benchmarks. I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm like, fine, Mm -hmm. fine. (laughs) But how how am I going to know if, you know, I'm getting the thing because mm-hmm. if you don't have at least a place where you're shooting for, I go mm-hmm. back to the thing. Am I growing? Another thing that came up recently was somebody said, I don't like to do that because it pushes me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And my, my exact reply after I tried to contain myself mm-hmm. <laughs> was I only want to push you out of your comfort zone. If right. it's great to hit a rest stop sometimes and go, Whew. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I hit this thing. I'm going to celebrate for a minute. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to chill. That's fine. I get it. We all need to be, but if you hang out there too long inside of that comfort zone world without giving yourself the next mile post to get to, if you're a salon stylist, as you were talking, I just thought of four mm-hmm. Great. that we use all the time in the salon that you could consider measuring or considering about, you know, I, I break the entire salon industry or salon business Mm -hmm. into two parts people Mm -hmm. meaning how are you doing with your clientele development and then productivity which is how are you doing with your selling skills Mm -hmm. and your and uh selling your services selling the services that you offer as well as the hair care that you offer and in those there are some mileposts that you can set for yourself that will help you to move along and grow throughout your entire career. One big one that we talk about all the time is retention. Mm -hmm. And we break that down into two different categories, right? One is new. Mm -hmm. How well do I keep a new person when they sit down? And the other is repeat. How long am I retaining my client over the lifespan of my career? So, are you retaining 
your new clients really well. You get right. them to come back a few times, but you don't hang on to them for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Are you hanging on to people for a long period of time? Maybe some old relationships that you've had, but mm -hmm. as you've grown, you have trouble keeping new people. And so we're always measuring those and the goals that we give, the benchmarks that we give for you to try to get to is 50% uh, and 80%. We want mm -hmm. you retaining 50% of those new requests and 80% of your clientele. Now we all know that 10 to 20% of your clientele disappears Mm -hmm. every year whether you do a great job or not you know they get married and move away they find a new hairstylist just because they met them somewhere they liked them they mm -hmm. die right mm -hmm. yeah. so this is always happening and retention is um one of the first biggest places that you want to measure mm -hmm. the second one is new requests mm -hmm. we used to call those referrals i think is a blanket yeah. statement mm -hmm. but now we know new requests come from a lot of different directions sometimes it's a direct referral. And sometimes it's, they heard of you maybe through your Instagram, they, they stumbled upon you, they found right. your name mm -hmm. and they called for you. Nobody gave them to you. They call, we, we think 15, you know, 10 to 15% of your clientele uh, should be a constant influx of new requests. The next is reservations. We think you need to be setting your appointment up before they leave. And that percentage that we shoot for is 65% to 85%, meaning mm -hmm. 65 out of 100 people have a next appointment before they leave the salon. Right. And then finally, those, those are the people benchmarks that we put down. And then finally, and the way I'm looking at productivity now is, are you giving all of your clients that are sitting in your chair more options than they sat down for? And, you know, for a long time, I thought of that as service sales and retail sales and splitting those up. And I go, you know, if you're just giving people options, every time they sit down, your numbers, your average price ticket, that's going to grow over time. Right. But if you're not giving those people options, and mm -hmm. that could be because of skill level, and that be because you're just not using your communication skills, right. if you're not giving options, eventually you're gonna get stagnant plateau and and right. um you know i like all of those numbers because in the end th there are only so many things you can focus on and if we were to drill down on it even a little bit more there are basically two things that have to happen one how many clients come in the door and two how much do they spend right and and, and those are the two the two main points that we're working with now what i'll say to you is that the more your average ticket goes up, the less clients you'll need, right? Which I always think is something we sometimes forget. Well, my average ticket goes up. I mean, I'm going to have to do more. Yeah, you're going to have to do more, but you don't, instead of doing 10 clients a day, you can do four, Yeah. right? I'd much rather work on four clients who had an average ticket of $300 than yeah. work on 10 clients who had an average ticket of 50, right? Sure. That's sure. working harder, not smarter. Right. Yeah. Now, but do I have to get there today? You're not going to get there today, right? Because here's the other thing, Chris. I know last week your haircut was fifty. Today it's two hundred and fifty. Just so you know, right? That's that doesn't work. And actually, if you figured out how to make that happen, please let me know because I want to know. Um, that's what all these other benchmarks you just talked about were. You know, these are the benchmarks that get you from fifty to seventy-five to hundred to a two hundred and fifty dollar average ticket, right? Yeah. 
so that you can make a good life for yourself and not have to be working on 50 clients a day, right? Yeah. That's what that journey looks like. And that's, again, you've got to stop comparing yourself to others because whatever anybody else do, does, I mean, unless there's something you can learn from it, right? And that's always a good thing. Don't hold yourself to that standard. They, they're going to a different place than you are. They've got a different vision. They've got a different intent. Learn from people that you can, but don't, I know it's hard, but stop comparing yourself to others. Compare yourself to your vision and where you are on your journey. Yeah, I, I love this conversation. John, I feel like we've touched on most of the bullets that we came intended to sit down with. Yeah. Uh, are, is there anything you feel like we're leaving on the table? I want to hammer this one home with some you know, to-do items, right? Yeah. I think that's important. One, think about a clear vision for yourself and what that looks like. It can be something like, you know, making stuff up here. I want to work three days a week because I want to spend, you know, a couple of days a week with my kids, right? Fine. Or I want to travel more, whatever. It is. I don't care, you know, um, create a vision that works for you. I want to make, I'm making numbers up $3,000 in those three days. Great. Next, give yourself a time frame. I want to make $3,000 a week in three days. And I want to get it done in three years. Okay, great. Cut it up. To me, that sounds like, a, you know, um, $1,000 a week in three days, $2,000 a week in two in three days, then to $3,000 a week in three days. Just get to the $1,000. Yeah. Get there, right? Check in on yourself. Is this making you happy? Is this what you wanted to do? Are you making the action steps you want to do? When you get there, give yourself a big pat on the back. Take, give yourself a vacation, do something to reward yourself for getting there. Then get to work on goal number two, which is $2,000 a week. I promise you, you will get to the three. You'll do it in three days. And then you can think about what the next vision looks like for you when you've achieved that. Um, I, think that's, I think that's really important. And I want to make sure you leave this podcast with that action plan. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I, I feel like this was a deep, rich conversation. I know when we jumped on, we said, you know, let's keep this one concise. We want to stick to the point, but we felt like the reality is, is that lots of people are doing this to yourselves. Mm -hmm. And most people, unfortunately, in the salon industry, we don't think ever really hit their potential. Mm -hmm. And if we wish we could make this more difficult, but it's usually because they're, they have negative beliefs, mm -hmm. right? They're comparing themselves and then they're spending so much time and energy on comparing themselves that they don't get to work on the things that are going to get them closer, which is those four benchmarks that I talked about, which is that retention piece, that new request piece, becoming mm -hmm. a mag. So one of my friends says, becoming a client magnet, becoming yeah. a magnet uh, for people. Um, when Claybot talked about attractiveness, becoming attracting the type of client that you want, attracting the type of stylist that you want. Maybe if you're a salon owner, mm -hmm. attracting that type of team that you getting people to come back sooner than later. And then, and then giving people options, you know, behind your chair, giving your stylist options. You know, we've talked mm -hmm. a lot about flexibility and the new salon models and things like that. So stop beating yourselves up, start focusing on, What's my vision for me? Where do I want to get to? And then how am I going to get there? Check in on your milestones that John just gave you. And Way you better. Will, yeah, and you will make progress 
towards what it is you're looking for. We're putting all of the stuff that happened last year behind us. Mm -hmm. We're setting new visions, new goals for ourselves, and we're moving forward. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in, and I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. There, we, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand, it's down by your lap, I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews, you know you want to do it, you know you love this podcast, share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, and while that angel's getting his wings, it helps us move up, um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world help share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go, as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same uh, in hours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>